This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W Squad Podcast. Um, as ever, thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, it's not an easy time to be um, listening to everything going on QPR, never mind talking about it. Um, apologies, we've had a fair few emails um, and DMs around when our next podcast out. We haven't done one for a couple of weeks. We've had a bit of sickness in the camp um, and some festive holidays um, and the fact that we aren't very good. <laughs> um, so uh, the desire to actually do it half ill has probably not been there. So apologies, but we're back now um, to talk about how rubbish we are um, and what's been going on over the last sort of couple of weeks and where we see the rest of the season going. We're into January, we're on really bad form again. We've got players that still aren't good enough and performing. Um, we've got a manager trying to hold it all together and trying not to fall in that black hole that a couple of other managers have fallen in. Um, We've got a DFO. I don't know where he is. Um, anyway, lots to get through, so we'll try and ring for, uh, go through it all. Um, but just quickly, introducing we've got on the pod today, we've got obviously Duncan McCready. How are you, mate? Uh, it's not the best start to the new year, but it's, <laughs> that's QPR for you, isn't it? But I'm fine. Did you expect anything different, though? I know, it's just silly. We'll go through oh, it. But no, no. Was there, really. was there any kind of expectation <laughs> that we would do anything other than what we did on... Uh, no, oh, especially when I saw the team no. sheet, I was like, no, we've lost this straight away. Oh, God. All right, we'll chat for it in a sec. Ollie, <laughs> up the arse. You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm all right. And we welcome back Clive from Lawful Words. Um, always um, great reports and, and, and um, always good to talk to you around for QPR. How are you doing, Clive? You okay? I'm good, mate. And it's I like when you asked me to come on, it was a couple of weeks ago and we'd won three games. And I was like, that'll be really yeah. nice to go on someone's podcast when it's going well. And I can see a few positives and see the direction of travel. And like you said, Christmas, holidays, sickness. And now once again, I'm like your guest and everybody's guest when it's all gone to shit. And yeah, so it's not that was be intentional, fun. mate. Like you said, we wanted to get you on before <laughs> Christmas when we were going well, actually. That was actually our, our that was what we were aiming for. But I was really looking forward to it as well. 
yeah a couple of weeks later and now we're now back to where we were it feels like um but you good though mate yeah yeah i'm sick of watching qpr but it's fine yeah 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 <laughs> well yes i mean oh, i really want to start with just a massive rant i don't know why i don't know i don't, don't want to come across over too negative but i'm kind of i think fed up i'm past fed up i don't know what the word is for past fed up and being really really pissed off i don't know what it is i was trying to think of it uh, all day and i just can't find the right word but i am really at that point um with with this football club <laughs> um it's really frustrating i was i was thinking again i was thinking about when we do our podcast over the christmas period you i always think that we're, we're just like a christmas episode of eastenders <laughs> And what I mean by that is someone always dies, right? Every year someone dies on it, right? But then the, the next year, no one thinks, hang on a second, someone's probably going to die. Here. Maybe I should stay in my family, not let anyone in, see the day through or whatever. But And then they're always really surprised, right? That's all, that's all made up for TV. QPR is like a small reality of that. It's like the same thing. I'm watching us play. And the same thing happens. I just, you know, it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? We're going to concede a set piece. We're going to get standing off it here and there, we'll get an injury or two, we'll end up losing. I don't know. That I just it, that's what it feels like to me. And um I'm getting really frustrated with a lot of players. I don't know why. They're just really, really frustrating me more than ever. Like the lack of quality, the lack of being able to pass a ball five yards, trap a ball, decision making. It just and whenever the tough going gets a slightly tough, they just go hiding. I'm just so annoyed about the and we'll go through it, the Cardiff game. But the, the goals we conceded with set pieces, you look at the team sheet, Cardiff has scored the most goals at set pieces. Numero uno, don't concede a set piece and be as dangerous as you can, as as dangerous as we are on them, on, on, on when you're attacking one. And we just didn't, we had Larkesh marking this. But for the two corners before that corner, we had Larkesh marking that six foot three centre half who scored. So I don't understand whether that's someone. That's, he's been told to do that. Whether someone isn't going, where's these experienced players going? Hang on a second, that isn't right. Let's change that. Or him going, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Can someone else? Um, and then you, so that's annoyed me. That annoyed me so much. And then, and then the next corner, Dizel was marking him. Uh, anyway, so that's something else I noticed. And also the Begovic goal. I've, I don't know what I've looked at it from every angle, and I don't understand what he's doing. He's just like he's just throwing himself in the air like he can fly not even knowing that the ball was any was where it was. Um, uh, just ridiculous. Um, and um, I'm pretty fed up, as you can probably tell. Um, and these players, just they're just not good enough. They, I, I don't know, Gareth Ainsworth rightly got the chop and Critchley and they've thrown warbs. And I'm really worried about Marty at the moment. I'll, you know, I'm hoping you know, fans will want to stick with him, but I just don't want it to turn as sour as it did for those. Um, anyway, right, I'll shut up now. Um, Live, I'll come to you first, mate. Um, I, sort of, I don't know what you can add to that, or what you want to add to that, or what, if you could give us a bit of a reflection on sort of this festive period in Cardiff, particularly. Do you want to? Do you want to do my match preview tomorrow? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I went off on a bit of a rant then. Sorry, I didn't realize it was going to come out like that. I kind of free, freestyled that. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Like you say, they're not very they're not very good players for a start. And you know, I get I get angry that people sitting near me must be just completely sick of me because I lose the plot three or four times a week. 
there's not a lot of point in shouting at Jimmy Dunn, is that he's just not a very good footballer. He's not he's not going to get any better for you yelling at him. Um, they're not all like that. There's some others. Dazelle, for instance, I think has got all the ability in the world and none of the heart, which I think is less forgivable than Jimmy Dunn just being crap. Um, but you saw it coming at Ipswich because um, we're not a very, we're not a very good team. And when you take particularly Steve Cook out and Chair and Willock, and as soon as you saw them going through this hand-waving episode that our players do when they go and get stuff at Ipswich, like we got in the car and said, well, number one, we should have won that game and didn't because we don't miss chances um, and should have had a penalty at the end. Number two, we could have lost that game despite Ipswich playing their reserve team and whatever, we're still three Begovic saves and two Ladapo sitters away from even losing to Ipswich. And they're not going to win at Cardiff on Monday because, you know, that's what we do. We sort of lay the platform with a good draw away from home. Now you've got a winnable home game. You've got this great January coming up. Cardiff are in poor form and playing poorly, and I thought were a poor team on the day. But I was sitting in the car coming back from Ipswich, so does anybody actually think we're going to win that game on Monday? And nobody did. And, like I say, it's a poor team and it was missing it was missing what few good players it does have. But you know, it's it's an attitude. It's it's an attitude level from our players. They're a lethal combination of not very good, but also not very bright, not very committed, not together. Um the corners that you brought up is is a setup issue. Um they like to have Dunn and Clark Salter as in theory your better headers of the ball free to attack the ball as it comes in and then they man-mark with the others. But like you say, there's no way that the best two headers of the ball and the big centre-backs from Cardiff should be marked by your smallest and most inexperienced members of the team, Larkesh and the second goal. It's Collie that's marking him. And you look, I know Begovic has caused the second goal, but just look at Clark Salter for that second goal. If that's what he's meant to be doing, marking the space at the back post and attacking the ball as it comes to the back post, well, go and attack it then. Like, he just stood there and let it happen. Collie's not going to be able to stop that guy. That's, you know, it's on Begovic, but it's on Clark Salter as well. And then lo and behold, five minutes later, Clark Salter's hands in the air. He's going off. You know, we don't know when we're going to see him. He's He frustrates me because he's one of the few good players we've got. But is his heart in it? You know, does he actually... So I don't even know where to start. I'm, I'm similar to you, Ben. I'm absolutely at my wit's end. I went on our message board this afternoon, basically just ranted for two hours and I sort of came away from work and was like, do you feel better doing that? Like I've started on a couple of posters. I've contradicted myself three or four times. I'm just like, sweat. I'm shouting at mood. I'm not, I'm annoying myself and I'm sick of it. I'm just, I'm so sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of them and it. Um, Poor, yeah, poor players, poor team. I feel sorry for Sifuentes as well. I don't think I think he's much like the managers we had before. Um, I think he's realizing exactly what he's got himself into now. And I don't think it was either told to him when he came just how bad it is here, or if it wasn't, he's certainly realizing now. He he's sort of making similar noises to Beale for about six weeks when Beale was basically pretty openly in fan meetings saying it's a lot worse here than I thought and you guys don't know the half of it. Sif went says his post-match interview on Saturday looked and sounded like that to me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm as fed up as you, Ben. Yeah, I, I just it's so frustrating as well because I, I, I get your point around these players that are sh- not showing heart or, or maybe not looking like they are, but it's difficult too for anybody 
because I, a, a, like you said, we don't know the half of what's going on in there. And if, if it is only the half, then bloody hell, what else is going on in there that we don't know in this football club? And how even the best would lack heart, I think, in trying to get this team going, trying to get these players going. Um, Dunk, I don't know if there's anything to add on, on or anything we spoke about, Cardiff, the squad. Um, I'll try and be a little bit, bit of a positive. And I thought that Collie did well when he came, came on. Good, good, good assist for the goal. Like, was he injured uh, when he went off? Yeah, yeah was, he was. I, I thought he was bright and he was energetic and he tried, which is a positive. But what he's 18, 19, we can't rely on these youngsters all the time to be the ones that are putting in heart and effort. That's what like, an experienced pro should be doing. Every single player should go on that pitch and give 100%. How many times have we been here over the last few years and said, our players aren't doing that, regardless of who the manager is. It's the same set of players, majority of them, and they always phone it in. Um, it's just really difficult to actually like our squad as well. Like, there's nobody in there that you go, I really like them as a player. They will always put a shift in no this, matter what. I, I thought this yesterday, what? mate, exactly the same thing. I thought, who do I like? Who's my favourite player? Right? Yeah. And I literally cannot... I'm st- I'm really struggling. Ilias Chair, I've seen a different Ilias Chair this this year from a like from a he is up arms are up like he just looks much more frustrated than ever before. Very quickly, he'll just he can be and and I think some teams know that and they'll frustrate him and they know and he gets petulant much more now than I've noticed as well. Like little niggles here and kick, and I think that puts him off his game. Anyway, I digress. Sorry, Doug. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> but that's, that's what I mean. Look. Like, you go back over the years and there's players you just liked going to watch, regardless of how badly we were playing. You had those little bit of flair players, players who'd get you off your seat, even if it was a score of, like, an absolute worldie in a 4-1 loss. Like, you didn't care because you'd seen your favourite player do something really good. No one does that. Like, there's not one player that I get excited about thinking when they get the ball, they're going to do something amazing. Chrissy Willock hasn't got it anymore. He's the shadow of a player he used to be. Ilias just holds onto the ball for about five minutes and then hits a nameless ball in the box nine times out of ten. Smith, you want to like Smith. You, he's fast. He's ex- like, He wants to be play that kind of exciting getting at players. He's got no end product. Like It's just so frustrating. We haven't got a goal scorer that you can get behind. Like, I grew up, my, when I was a kid, my favourite player was Les Ferdinand. Like He was the star main striker. You, I grew up watching him banging goals. Like yeah, so How you get into football? You, you, like most young kids, their favourite player is the goal scorer. It's just how football works because they're the ones who are winning games. At like, who's that? Dykes, three goals all season. Like, it's just it's just so hard being a QPR fan this season, especially. And it's like old um, was it Einstein's theory of where of repeating yourself and expecting a different result every single time? It doesn't happen. No. Ollie. You right, mate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't disagree. You're pretty, with pretty sad there, mate. <laughs> I think, I think one of our biggest problems is we don't have any all-rounders. For every strength that these players have, they have a weakness. You know, with Willock, he's got the technical ability, but hasn't got the legs or, or the attitude. You've got Sinclair, who for me is one of the only players in the squad that really does bolt up and that he tries but he hasn't got the he's raw you've got 
Jake Hart, who is extremely good when he need when he you know when he's fit and then he's injured. And I, I just think you look back at the teams that we had in the past, like you had Eze who could do everything. You know, we with Chair, for example, the one thing that frustrates me is I think it's almost like he wants the self-glory more than he wants the team to 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 win games. You know, that might seem a bit of a strong opinion, but the amount of times I've seen him down the wing, there's plenty of options and he just does the left, goes right, and then it ends up being a, a shot that goes wide. I think we lack an all-rounder. And I think there's for every positive that there is in a player in this team, there's a negative that tends to outweigh it. And you know, most teams that sell a player for nineteen million pounds will improve and, and and they'll bring in decent players that are gonna start to fight. But you look at the way we sold Eze and bought no one in you could argue Willock, but has anyone else been successful since Eze? Not really. We never have replaced Charlie Austin until we signed him on loan again. I think the squad at the moment, on paper, people like how a QPR down there, they've got lots of chair, Willock. But they're not the players they were anymore. And I think that's the problem we have that we have. And I think Dykes needs to go. I, I think you can tell me how good his link-up play is and how good he is at trying. He don't score goals. He's not a goal scorer. He, he doesn't provide what you want from a striker. You know, I've seen a lot of people moaning about how Sinclair can't finish this season. He doesn't do enough. He's got the same goals as sisters, Dykes. And he's off the bench 99% of the time. It's, it's about time we stopped giving passes to players that try. And I think we're in we're in a hole, and I think the teams above us look better than us, considerably better. Plymouth, Millwall, Stoke, Sheffield Wednesday, they're all much better. And I will say, I don't for a second blame Marty. I think he's got, he's got 13 points since he came in. Had we have not brought him in, I think we could be potentially bottom. Um, I think on the outside, it's an attractive offer for a manager, a, a London club like QPR. And when they get in there, they realise, oh shit, okay, we're in trouble here. So I, I don't, I, I, I don't see anything happening uh, unless we make January signings, which I don't see happening either. I think yeah, I think um, one of the biggest issues that we've had is the fact that we just our attacking options are so poor. If you look at Marty and his defensive record, it's actually pretty decent. We're actually pretty solid. We'll concede goals here and there. Um, I know um, New Year's Day was a bit bit not great from a defensive perspective, but overall Cardiff didn't do a lot else. So I think it was is it eleven or twelve goals we've seen in eleven or twelve games, something like that. Yeah, pretty decent. Actually, but, I, sorry, I saw a stat today that when GA we had Gary Fanes with in charge. We were the second um, yeah. team with the expected goals against, but we're now in the top four. Yeah. For least, I mean, for, you know, we're up there with so that, that's fine. That's okay for yeah. a club like QBI to be that. That's above probably where we should be where we were in the league, but we just don't score any goals for some reason. And whoever made this decision, I don't know whether it was Gary Fanes, were probably not. I decided not to bring in a striker and bring in Colback or someone else on a big, you know, Colback's taken up two wages. Two, Cook and Colback are taken up, what, three or four players? probably, with their wages. Now, I appreciate we needed experience, but if that experience is never on the bloody football pitch, then what's the use of they? We're now on another... They're, on a, they're going to be here next season because oh, I suspect no one's going to take them on the wages they're on. I don't know, maybe Cook, I don't know, but we'll see how we get from towards the end. But no one's taking cold back, right? 
So I don't know who is making these. And these are the decisions that are costing us for me. These are, and again, I don't know exactly. Maybe Clive Miller. I don't know who's making these. Who made the decisions? Are not great. You're not telling me, Gareth. I know Gareth Ainsworth in the summer when I'm happy with Collie, Sinclair, and Dykes as my strikers. I can, if if he believed that, then I'll I'll eat the hat. That's fair. Eat the hat. That's the problem though when you you appoint a yes man. Well, like it was know. his dream job. He, it was his dream job. He was never going to go against the board and be like, I need another striker. I need this. I need this. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble. It, he was always going to be, it's not just a striker, I'll try, and, I'll try the, and get my best out of this players I've got, which is fine. It's the options behind. It wasn't going to work. It's the options behind as well that we lack hugely. Like, chair's great, but he's that creative centre midfielder that will, that will bomb forward, that will support, that will get up there, that will that will link to the play, will get it to share in the right place, the Willick in the right place, right? So that, that's the player that we really miss. Dezel can't do it. I don't know who else in the club can do it. No one else. Um, Clive, I don't know if you can allow it. <laughs> what do you think on that? Well, mate, look at that. You know, the, the strikers are your, are your biggest problem, obviously. They're also the most expensive yeah. um, position to try and solve. And, and you know, we we... We did our money, didn't we, after Reze and we we bought a lot of players that have failed and we overspent and that that's where we are. And strikers are very difficult to to sort in that situation. But there isn't a position in the team at the moment, apart from probably left back, where you've got Pal and Markesh, where you would say that we're well stocked and couldn't do with a new signing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I like Reggie Cannon, but he's had no preseason and he's playing injured. And it's uh, you know, that's why we end up with Kaka every other game. You know, I like Jake Clark Salter, but He's, he's made a tissue paper and, you know, the other centre-backs are, are poor. So there isn't, there isn't, it's not just the strikers. Dykes, he irritates me because if he's not scoring, he could still be useful. He didn't score at Preston. He was useful that night. He went around smashing their centre-backs up and Ryan Lowe had a moan about him afterwards. That's fine. Do that. If you can't score, do that. Like, look at the guy. He's six foot, whatever. He's got tattoos on every inch of his body. He should be just, if you're not playing well, you're not confident, you haven't got a good first touch or whatever, go and smash a few people up, at least be, like, useful. I couldn't even tell you if he played on, against Cardiff. I'm watching, I'm watching this. Is Dykes actually in this game? Is he actually playing this game? Like, And that, that happens so often with him. I, w- I want to see more of the Preston Dykes. I've already accepted he's not good enough to score goals. You know, go around and smash people up. But I think you hit on the, the big thing. is like, who's making these decisions? Hmm. You know, Les got a lot of very justified criticism and, you know, arguably had to go for the the decisions he made. And, you know, they had a really good plan and they didn't stick to it. They had a good three month period when they got some players on loan that worked and they got 20 million for Eze and they decided, right, now's the time we're going to go for it. And they should have stuck to the original plan, which was developing, selling, financially stable, and they've abandoned it. And so Les has fallen on his sword and perhaps that was fair. But we haven't replaced him. I don't know any club in the world where the chairman, the chief exec and the director of football is the same person. You know, Lee Hughes is marking his own homework at the minute. We're about to go into a crucial transfer window here. And with no director of football and a chairman and chief executive and a director of football who's the same person. So like you say, Ben, who is making the decisions? Who is identifying targets and deciding yes and no with this target? Who is deciding that Jack Colback at 34 years old is getting a two-year contract with an option for a third. Because the only reason that Colback, Begovic, Cook and people and Morgan Fox are here is because we were the only ones offering contracts of that length. Everybody else is like, well, you can have one year and we'll see how you go. And QPR go hot and heavy with deals like that. So we're already spending next year's money 
already on people like Cook and Colbert to get them here. Well, who? why is there not a red flag going up somewhere? Same with Taylor Richards. If Brighton are willing to let you have a player on loan with a fixed fee, that means one of the smartest clubs in world football is very confident that that guy is not going to do anything in the loan spell that's going to make them look stupid on that fee. That should, somebody should be going at that point. Alarm bell here. And who is that at our club? Lee Hughes is doing every, has got every job. Like the owners, we never see him. The director's box. You look at other teams' director's box. I sit just along it from South Africa Road. You know, when Coventry scored, half the director's box went up because it was foot. You know, Coventry's owners are invested and they're there. Our owners are never there. The, uh, the side of the QPR director's box is empty every week. So where's the accountability? Where it, Who is in charge? Who is making these decisions? Is, is it Lee Hughes? Is Lee Hughes doing everything? And if so, why aren't we hearing from him? You know, what is the plan? So you're exactly right. Who's making the decisions? Um, and we'll probably come on to Sif Winters and I'll say more. I think he's the best thing that we've got and everything above him and below him is rotten. And we should absolutely dig down with him. I suspect what's going to happen is these players are going to lose another couple of games and you're going to start hearing about we should have got Warnock, let's get Warnock before it's too late and that sort of thing. That's that's the direction I think this is going. Sifuentes, I think, is the best thing about us. Isn't it? Interesting about Warnock because um, a question someone asked me the other day was if we had brought him in, would he be able to get more out of these players and would we have a better chance of staying up? Obviously, he's not the long-term one, but obviously he's not someone who, you know, having Martin I wouldn't swap him, but that was the question that was posed to me randomly. The two, the two, things, I would, the two things I would say, and then I'll shut up. Neil Warnock, Neil Warnock can name his own terms, right? Like, he did well at Huddersfield last year. Yeah. He stops really high, doesn't need a job. He's basically retired. So he can name his own terms wages-wise, and he can say, in January, I want some money to spend. Neither of those things we can give him. Would he get more out of this team? Putting his arm around him. Oh, I said to Chrissy, I loved you. I tried to sign you at Middlesbrough. It, maybe. But these players have been losing for five managers now for two years. Like, 52 of our last 94 games we've lost. And we've won 22 of them. So for two years, these players have lost more than every other game they've played. And they've won barely one in five. And that was under Warburton, Beal, Critchley, Ainsworth and Sif Wenters. You won't get a broader spectrum of five guys there. All with different styles of play, different mannerisms, different man management. And these players don't like any of them. So, yeah, maybe he would have done. But number one, he wouldn't have come because of the money. And number two, like, these players are such cunts. I, like, I, I'm not sure. Agree. Um, Doug, what, what, how could, so what needs to happen then from now, in your eyes, to, to try and... I don't know if we can get out of this hole, but to try and at least give it a go, like without falling into a getting relegated by March Jobby, which isn't out of the question in my eyes at the moment. Um, can you ask me an easier question? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, obviously, I I agree with everything the club said about Marty. I think Marty is and should be our future. We should aim to go with him regardless of what happens this season stick with Marty I feel like even no matter what league we're going to be in do you think that'll happen do you think that'll happen I like I would like to think that's what's going to happen I just don't if we haven't got any money to spend on in January how have we got money to then sack another manager and then buy another manager 
Like we've sold every element of the club recently for peanuts. Like what else have we got left to sell? So we we are mm. scraping the barrel. We have got no money. The but one of the most important things is staying up because we get the new Sky money next year, next season. That's an extra seven million, I think it is over over either a year or over the course of the deal or whatever. So that's a lot more money coming in. That helps. But we just need oh God, I don't know if we can somehow sell something and get a loan. Just get someone on loan who can score a couple of goals. Or someone who can create a few goals. We just need someone. Sweet, mate. January, trying to yeah. buy a striker or get a striker well, on loan is, is difficult. It is massively difficult. But surely there's a Premier League club who's got someone in the reserves who can get us a few goals. Who knows what else is looking at, by the way? Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Look, we, uh, but, that's, but then that goes down to our recruitment, which we've said has been appalling for years. Like, we don't recruit well. We never have. Never. Like, no. go back go back and look at the few odd players we get, like, that do well for us, that we kind of sell on. Like Luke Freeman, we kind of sold on for a bit of profit. Eze, obviously, was the only one where we've done it properly. But then saying that, I, I personally rate Dixon Bonner and we got him from Liverpool. Like, there are these few little players who other clubs might not be taking a chance on that could come and could do something for us. But if you ask me, I haven't got a clue who they are. That's not my job to scout other clubs. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Ollie, <laughs> will it can share, mate? I wanted to just quickly get a view on... Well, a couple of questions. One is, how do we see these two playing out for the rest of the season? Uh, uh, you know, my dad is very... Um, Let's, let's put it this way. Uh, he says it's very convenient that they're both injured or refusing not to play after warm-ups right before January. I tend to agree with him to a degree. I think chair maybe, I don't know, but I still think there's something in it. It's, it's, it's probably not, you know, maybe it, it's bad, maybe not, I don't know. I wonder if it was September or August or something, whether he would still be would getting back quicker. I don't know. But what's your view, mate? It's hard because you look at the goals that they scored when Marty originally came in and and you see what they can do. But if, you know, the rumours are true of, of Chair going to a bigger club, I think you take it. I think for the right money, again, it's, it's got to be for the right money. But, you know, I think when, when we've seen... We've definitely seen more of Chris Willock since Marty came in, but have we seen enough to find it exciting again? I'm not convinced. Um, but for me, I think you look at them two in particular, we rely on them for the goals and the assists. And, you know, it's all well and good. You rely on your two, technically your two best players for that. But I think if we were to lose him in January, doing what they're doing now in terms of goals and assists, I think we could potentially get someone that can do that. Uh, you know, this it's not easy, but, you know, even free agents, there's plenty of free agents out there. You know, you, some of them are, are good enough, but, you know, we, we, we release some players that I think would probably do all right for us now. You know, Stephanie Hansen's still not got a club. I think he'd do well in that midfield, genuinely. You know, you've got you've got players available that oh, it's just Gary Medine. I'll take him. He's free agent. 
looking at free agent the problem market, is surely. You, you, yeah, I know, but then you're back into what we're doing, which is giving these people contracts that are not we don't not going to want past January or possibly. Do you know what I mean? Like that. This is the type of player. There's a reason these players are free transfers in January for a lot of you know. And I don't know. It's a worry. I, I worry. I mean, who's? Yeah. I think about Chris Martin. I mean, he was. He would. I don't know. I suppose. He had to be released though from his club, didn't he? I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. If we, if we want to stay up, we've got to do something. And and you know, if yeah. if if we, if we were to stay up, then, you know, we sign a couple of free agents and give them a year contract. Yeah, it, it might not work out. It might go down. But we've got to do something. And if if we don't have the money to sign anyone, then we've got to do something because if we keep the team that we currently have. We've got nothing, you know. We can't rely on bringing a new youngster through every week into into the start eleven and uh, start eleven. Sorry, um, into the squad. You know, it's. I think we need a bit of a clear out in January as well. Get rid of people who don't want to be here. Take what we can, you know. And and on on Paul Smythe, I think the re- I think it says a lot about how bad we are that he's considered our most exciting player. I, I, he runs with the ball. He, he gets down the wing, but what else does he do? And I like the lad. But there's a reason why he left the club, and then we signed him back from League Two late in Orient. That's the level that we're at. If 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 he's so so exciting, why is no one else trying to get a League Two player that was out of contract? He um he was the only real positive. I mean, Clark Salt did okay until he did his the corner and went off injured, but he was the only one who looked like he could do anything really, didn't he? At Cardiff, like, but again, he lacked so much quality and so much end product that I don't know. It was, I don't know yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's it's not great, is it? No. Uh, Clive, with January, what do you? How do you see it going? And do you think is there money? Is there money about? Do you think there is? Do you think we'll spend it? Do you think people will go? Smith looks good because he's quick and it's this is the slowest team. And again, that's a failure of recruitment that we haven't targeted after Bright left someone with pace because it's a slow team. And Smith looks good because he's quite quick. Um, January, I mean, if we're, if we're thinking positively about how we, we're going to find out in January whether those sponsorship deals that we've been doing over the past few months are to try and free up a bit of budget to get us out of this. Or because we're so in the shit FFP wise that we're frantically doing deals to scrabble back below the line to avoid transfer embargoes and points deductions, even with the team we've already got. So we'll find that out this month based on the business we do. And also then the accounts will come out in February and we'll know a little bit more. Short term, like the positive way out of this is if we can get the team on the pitch that played against Hull more often than not, we've got half a chance. Because like if you, that starting eleven and that performance against Hull was by far and away the best of the season. We haven't been able to get that team on the pitch again since. We're out of the Christmas period of fixtures now, and they're obviously going to toss off the cup on Saturday. So we're back to one game a week. Can we get that team on the pitch? Like that would be a positive for a start. It's not a particularly good team, but it's, it's the best we've got, and we haven't been able to get it on the pitch since Hull. Loans, I mean, I, I agree with everything said. These people who are available on loan and willing to come to QPR are available on a free agent and willing to come. To- Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. QPR for a reason, right? You're not... but if we can do what we did a few Januarys ago and when we got Austin and Field and Device in and whatever, you know, that's a possibility. Also, the Swedish season is over. And, you know, there's players that Sifuentes will know in Sweden who are out of contracts. You know, that thinking positively, that could be a way to to get some players in the buy into the manager and want to be here. Because I, I think quite a lot of the players that we've got at the moment do neither. Um so if we can get our best team on the pitch, if we can do some January business, maybe. We've still got all the teams around us to play at home, like Rotherham, Sheffield, Huddersfield. They're, they're all Millwall. They've all still got to come here. So that's that's a potential positive. Medium and long term, we need to sort out the leadership at the club. You need a director of football at QPR because your owners are benevolent but stupid and absent. So you need a director of football. I think Lee, who's, you know, I went out to bat for him a lot when he came into QPR. It's a lot of criticism. He, in my opinion, saw QPR and the way to run the club the way I saw it, but has basically blown his load with this 21, the 21 overspend. That's exactly what he said he wouldn't do. It's probably the owners that drove it and not him, but he's just appeared a little bit checked out since then. Some of his, the way he speaks to fans and the way he speaks at forums and whatever, I think is quite poor. We're also not hearing from him. And even if none of that was true, you can't have the chairman, the chief exec and the director of football is all the same person. So I'd like to see a new chief exec come in. I'd like to see a director of football come in and I'd like to hear what the plan is now. Because we we only hear from Sifuentes at QPR now. When was the last time you heard from anyone at QPR that wasn't Sifuentes? The club has just gone completely yeah. quiet and silent on it. But you know the DFO point, Clive, why would why why would we spoil a lie on that? Because we haven't employed an agency right surely like if we have we haven't that's right yeah yeah i completely agree i'm i am still under the impression that lee hughes is moved to chairman is part of him taking a bit of a step back and a new chief exec's coming in and i and i that's what i heard and what i was told and what what i'm hoping will happen in the new year but it does need to happen like you say though the director of football thing apparently we've got some big american recruitment team working but but where is that and also What's the latest on that? This the club aren't telling us anything really about about anything. The only person you get to hear from from the club at the moment is Sifuentes. In in a two months time, they're probably going to be trying to sell us League One's most expensive season ticket. The fans have stuck with the club and the team remarkably. Like the attendance levels, given the way we're playing and the results we've got, I think is nuts. The fact that it's, it's outrageous, a, mate. It's, it is nuts, and the fact that there hasn't been a single word of protest 
like I grew up going to QPR in the mid of the, in mid table Premier League with a brilliant team with people running on the pitch and protesting at the chairman because he wasn't pushing further up. And that we're in danger of going into League One and nobody's saying a thing. The ground's sold out every week. It is nuts. So, but they're not speaking to us. I would, I'd love them to sort of come out and say, look. This is a situation. The club's up for sale, so we're not appointing the chief executive director of football. We're waiting for new owners to come in and do that, or we don't feel we need a director of football, or we're we're in the process of hiring one. What's the plan? And who's in charge? And why aren't they speaking to us? The club is absolutely silent. They've wheeled Reggie Cannon out today because, like, they've realised that Reggie Cannon's, yeah. you know, a product of the American education system and can string three words together without sounding like a complete moron. So it's that was, oh, sling Reggie out there to talk about, you know, heart and pride and all of that stuff. But no one at the club is actually speaking to us. You know, Lee, who's, whether he liked what he said or not, he used to sort of put himself out there and come on podcasts like this or do forums or do fans meetings, site meetings. I haven't been to one of those. Maybe maybe they're going on and I just don't get invited anymore because I'm a gobshite, but... (laughs) <laughs> we haven't heard anybody speak like what is the plan here we need that would short medium term we need new strong leadership with a strong idea and they need to communicate with us what that idea is what does our club look like over the next five years i don't think that exists mate if i'm honest um oh, i, no, think, I, agree. That, I think i think that whatever they whatever the plan was in the summer it's changed at some point from then till now um i don't know what to or what it was i still don't actually know what it was but whatever it was has changed, and now we are in a bit of limbo. What and, and a good question, Dunk, from Jack's message uh, messaged me earlier to say, what could relic? I don't agree with this, by the way. There's two ways of spinning the old relegation. You know, there's do we go down, reset, no um, FFP, and come back up again, a better team, or do we do everything we can to try and stay in this league, right, um, and come as close as we can to FFP and the championship? I, I, I'm more on the. I'm scared if we go down that we, we might not come back up again because it's happened to a, a lot of big clubs, bigger than ours. Um, I don't know what you what do you think, mate? Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of on like leading towards your side of the fence where I don't think long term it's actually going to be beneficial for us. I think if we get relegated, I don't think the owners are that invested anymore. I think they are trying to sell, but they're not saying anything. If we get relegated, it makes us even less of a like selling point, isn't it? Like, who's going to want to buy a League One club, especially if they're taking on any of the debt we've got? Yes, okay. In League One, you've I got. If it's the opposite. I wonder if it's the opposite. Is it the opposite? I don't know. Is there an opposite argument to say that we'd be cheaper, more affordable to a different type of chairman? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, do- I'm just thinking in my head. I get your yeah. point, though. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like if we go to League One, we haven't got assets to sell. Really, chair Dykes, who's going to pay much for them when we're in League One, if they don't, if chair doesn't go in January. Like we, we, we think the owners are going to suddenly go. Okay, there's no FFP. We can throw money at the club again. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're interested. I think they've got no time for us whatsoever. Which is why, like Clive said, they're never there. Like I wonder I whether they're looking, they're looking for investors, aren't they? Investors yeah. more than buyers. In, in, I don't know whether that's true as well. But yeah. investors was the, 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 the what we what we did, what we have heard, what we think I we've heard. Guaranteed, they're looking at investors to come in, buy a bit of the club, and then eventually, in one or two years, take it over completely. That's what I guess is going on. So relegation, I think, absolutely throws a spanner into the works with that. And like you said, 
other clubs, bigger clubs have gone down and they've struggled to get back up. And I think we massively would. So I think relegation for us is a disaster. I think we have to, by hook or by crook, stay up this season and then hope that the the board owners, they get some kind of investments in the summer. They get somebody who wants to throw a load of money at us and <laughs> cover the debt, pay off the debt, whatever. Like we need financial backing and we're more likely to get it in the championship than we are in League One. Ollie, what's your view on this, mate? I mean, um, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because um you 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 might go down and you might not come back up, but can we rebuild in the championship? It's difficult, mate, on this with the FFP headroom we've got, which is not a lot, it's difficult to rebuild in the championship. Is it like get rid of your players, bring them all back in again? I feel like anyway, what do you think, mate? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to go even one or two ways. I think you've got the positive of going down is it gives you a bit of headroom to kind of rebuild, whereas, uh, and and the pressure's off a little bit because I think the problem we have is for quite a few seasons now, we think, oh, if we stay up, next season's going to be better. And it's not. I think we're stuck in a bit of a stalemate at the moment where, we expect every season to get better and consistently it's getting worse every season. Um, I don't think relegation would necessarily be the end of the world. I think, do I want to go down? Definitely not. You know, we're, we're a side in the second division of English football. Us, you know, next season we could be playing the same league as Stevenage, which, you know, it's, they could go up. We could play playing below Stevenage, for example. And I think that's, that's not the nice part, but, I think it would give us a bit of headroom and, and gives us a chance to redo everything. But again, it's gone wrong for those clubs like Pompey and and I mean you can even put Ipswich in there as well. They they down there for a while. Bolton, you know these clubs they go down they they do stay down a lot of the time. But it's hard because it's even like one or two ways we'll go down and we'll struggle, or we'll go down we'll come back up and and things will be fixed. But ultimately there's there's no immediate fix I think like a lot of people said we have been extremely lucky to have not been relegated already since that season that we came back down with that fine it is an absolute miracle that we haven't Um, it does feel like now might be our time but something needs to happen and that could be relegation and that might be the key to rebuilding but if we stay up, it's just going to be another the same again next season because you know unless we pull a pull Ryan Colley out of the out of nowhere, he scores fifteen goals for the end of the season, sells at fifteen mil. It's not going to happen, is it? But it's we're stuck, and I don't think there is a way out. And it, it, in terms of FFP, relegation might be the only way out. Well, I think, mate, if if we do stay up, which I don't think we will, but if we do. I think it was you that mentioned earlier, the TV deal basically doubles next year. So it's pretty vital that we we try and stay in that. I mean, the amount of times in recent history QPR have got relegated out of the league just as its TV deal blows up. Yeah. We've done that twice in the Premier League. I mean, it looks like we're about to do it again in the Championship. But if we do stay up, the TV deal improves. And also the 21 overspend, which is currently the millstone round our neck FFP wise that goes out of our three year calculation so you would actually have more FFP headroom and more money next season to start doing surgery on this team probably not enough but we'd be in a much better situation in the championship next year if we stayed up if we go down 
it's a more favourable FFP situation. And also, if you're thinking of buying QPR, you would get it cheaper in League One and you would be mm. able to spend some money. I presume if you're yeah. buying a football club, you want to spend money and take it somewhere. One of the unattractive, the most unattractive thing about QPR now to an investor is you're buying a team that's probably the worst team in the championship. And it doesn't matter if you're the Sultan of Brunei, there isn't the FFP headroom to do surgery on the team. So even if you wanted to come in and buy 20 players, you're not allowed to do it. So if we go down, that does change slightly. The problem I've got, we've seen teams go into League One and come back really strong and they know what they're doing and they build their good team down there. Ipswich and Sunderland are obviously the two recent examples, but others did it in the pet. Chef United sort of steamed all the way through the championship with Wilder. Southampton did with Adkins. The Wolves did it, didn't they? Wolves, Wolves did, did as well. So you've seen yeah. it, but we're coming back to my point again about who's in charge, what's the plan. Mm. Do you think the people that are running our club at the moment have got the brains and ability to go into League One and come up with a really good recruitment strategy and a really good plan for us to come flying back Ipswich style. I think we look a lot more like Charlton who will go into that mm. league and talk about the good old Premier League days and play in a half full ground with league fixtures against Barrow and get passed from one dodgy owner to the next and sack one manager after another because the next manager is definitely going to be the one that sorts it and just knock around in League One for years and yet that's what we look like to me because again I don't see the strength of leadership and the voice and the purpose from anybody above Sifuentes who would know what to do with League One do you think do you think our owners could name five teams in League One you know like I, I don't I, do you think do you think do you think our owners could name no. five players in League One I right mm. so if you want to do an Ipswich, Ipswich got a new owner, really savvy, a chief executive that knew what he was about. They um, they got their first manager wrong. They went for Paul Cook, but they saw Kieran McKenna. They went for him. They had the plan and they just absolutely steamrolled it. I don't think we've got the ability and the brains at executive and boardroom level at our club to do that. So They they built built they built a championship team pretty much before they even got up. So now they're in it. They haven't really exactly. done an awful lot. That's what lot you do. You take the, and the reason that Sheffield Wednesday are in so much trouble is that they didn't. Yeah. They used the FFP advantage down there to basically fill their team with Aidan Flynn. That's, yeah. you know, let's get loads of 33-year-olds, Lee Gregory, that people have heard of on £30,000 a week and we'll just swap League One aside. But then the team's completely unprepared for the championship, which again feels very much like something that we might do. Mm, worry. One one question uh, Dunk I've got is around Sam Field. Um, I mean, his, his decline is, is, is worrying. Um, I mean, I, I've always said it, and I can say it, he's a better centre-back than I've said. I'd rather have him as a centre-back in the centre field, personally. Um, but I get the point that we don't have anybody else to put in there that can, I guess, do what he does. And when he does play well, he is really effective. But he, his decline is slightly worrying. I don't know what your view is on it. It is really, too harsh. I don't think you're being too harsh because I think he was what player of the year last year. Like didn't miss a match. Was unbelievable. And he's just. Is it Marty's style of play? I was thinking this. He felt felt well, like a bit of an angel player. I don't know whether he's the one that he was leading think, on. It's difficult, I think, when you put him in a midfield with Dizel, because I don't think Dizel does anything in the team to help. I don't. He does. He doesn't offer an attacking threat. He doesn't offer a defensive like stability. 
I don't really see what Dazel does in our team. Um, and I feel like feel because he was so good and because we're now struggling so bad, it makes it look like he's had a massive drop off. But we often said, and people would say to us like last year, the year before, he's never a, like an eight or nine out of ten. He's always a solid seven. Like he's kind of dropped down to a five now. So it's not a massive drop off. But I think in the position he's in with Dazelle not offering support, it makes it look worse when we're getting overrun on a counter attack because none of our midfield can run back. They've got no engine in there. So like you said, when he's like, was it a part of a back three or as played a centre back, he looks better because he is the last line of defence there. So it's it, there's less running players running past him. It looks as obvious that he's like struggling. But with the whole Marty situation, I don't think Sanfield has the ability on the ball to suit that kind of deep line playmaker role of a Sepuentes style of football. He hasn't got the ability to pivot on the ball and play, play like a 30, 40 yard pass to someone on the wing. He just doesn't do it. All he does is gets the ball and he plays a simple five or six yard pass to where his next to him in the field, normally Dizelle. Normally goes back to field, then goes back to one of the centre backs. That's what happens. Yeah, the two, yeah, mate, the, I, two I, the two problems with field. I completely agree with what Duncan said. One, he's played every game for however many years now. He's basically played every minute of every game we've played for two years, so he's probably knackered. And you would expect that we brought Cole back in, thinking that he would be able to share that role. Colback's also meant to have come in and sort of lifted standards and been this big experienced professional. He's done nothing since he got here, but he gets suspended and injured or tried to get suspended and injured. All right, he's another one that's picked up a calf strain and we're told he's back next week and a month later, he's still nowhere to be seen. So I think Field's probably knackered. The other thing, again, to play Sifuentes football, you need midfielders that are willing to take the ball in a tight and difficult area, probably marked, to get on the turn and move it forwards. Because that's the way he plays. We play those balls into the centre of midfield and we're not getting out of them unless you've got someone that's willing to take the ball when marked on the turn and get it moving forwards. Dizelle hides. Dizelle can do it, but he hides too much. He's he, not brave. He's not brave he, enough. He hid in that second half, mate, he against Cardiff. I've yeah. watched him. He, I, he just was hiding. You could see hiding. him doing it as well, like, yeah. not offering. So Dizelle can Every time can he got it, it instead of doing that turn, he's Hit it back. Yeah. And field, as soon as you pass it into him, he just bangs it straight back at you. And you've got a, the re, that's the reason that Dixon Bonner looks good because he is brave. He does want the ball. He will take it, whether he's marked or not. And he will turn and try to play it forwards. That's why he looks so good. And that's why I think field is looking poor at the moment because we're playing this style that he can't do. Dazelle can do it, but hides. Field can't do it. And Dixon Bonner's the, the best of the three at the minute for me. Yeah, Oli, um, I don't know if you've got any different views on that. I wanted to touch on Marty as well quickly. Um, you know, what's your views on him? I assume you've been, it sounds like you've been really impressed with him. Um, what is it that impresses me about him? I think, I think firstly, the 13 points that he's gained has definitely helped me. Um, I, I think, I think he has the right ideas tactically. I think he knows what he wants, but I think maybe he didn't quite realise how bad the squad is. So he's struggling to kind of work out how to play the way that he wants with the squad that we've got. Um, he's definitely made us a better team as well. You know, yes, we've been poor 
recently, but he's he's got 13 points, which is a lot less than we would have if we had start with GA. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, ultimately, he's come into a pretty dire situation. You know, Critchie couldn't do it. Ainsworth didn't, couldn't do it. Marty's come over and, you know, he, he's done well. And I think we have to stick with him. I think we need to stop going through managers, set, getting rid of them, getting another one in. It, I think it needs to, it's time for us to stick with someone. He doesn't strike me as the man that's going to jump ship if we go to League One. I think he seems like he's got the integrity, which Bill lacked. Um, I think I think he's got all the right ideas and he has the right playing style, but we're remembering that he's playing with a Gareth Ainsworth team. You know, the, the signings that Ainsworth made fitted his team. You know, Begovic, Colback, Cook, Smythe, you know, Dykes. None of these players fit Marty Cifuentes' style. So I think he's I probably think trying... I don't think they any style, Ollie. I, don't, I think they're, it's an unbalanced... Team, I don't yeah. even think it's that Gareth Ainsworth team. I don't think he got what he wanted personally. I, 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 I think he got some players he wanted, and some players the recruitment had whoever's making the decision wanted. That's my view. So I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I, yeah. one of the biggest issues is it's so unbalanced the team. That, that's the, so yeah, defenders. that's the thing. And... That's, that's that's what's the thing though, isn't it? Because I think the, the reason we've got some players in their strengths. That we thought we were getting aren't really their strengths. You know, Dykes has bought in to be that goal scoring target man, and the ball bounces off him half the time. You've got Smythe, who is bought in for the kind of dribbling that and, and the finishing that he was doing at Leighton Orient, but you know, we forget that he's lead two. Um, Colback was bought in to solidify the midfield. All he's done is score three goals, snap a few legs, and get red cards every week, and then get injured. It's not. We, you know, we're signing players with, and they, we have been for ages with the intention of them being this specific type of player, and they're just the complete opposite. And I think that's the problem we have. Like, like you said, it's, it's unbalanced. You know, we've got a, a brilliant left back, a decent right back, but when he's not here, we've got a very poor right back who runs. We've got no consistent team because there's so many injuries or fitness tests, you know. Jake Carl is a great centre back. But when he goes when he comes off injured, it we've we're stuck with two, you know, two centre backs that barely fade together. When Dykes isn't fit, who have you got to put up front? Kelman, Armstrong. <laughs> you know, I think Armstrong needs a loan. I think he I think he's got the quality. I think he will become a really decent footballer, Armstrong. But I think we're actually ruining a lot of these youngsters' careers by sicking them in in a terrible team. And you know you've got social media people giving like Armstrong stick. He, he he's he's a lad that's come into a team that is doing absolutely atrocious, being played striker one minute, left wing the next minute, attacking midfield. He doesn't get given the time to grow as a player. Yet he's still of our attackers. You take out Willock and Chase, the only one that does something when he's on the pitch. Statistically as well, he's. He's created more chances than Lindy Dykes in the 20 minutes he did the other day than Dykes has in three games. And he's raw. Give him a chance. Just just sack them all off. Just get a fucking whole new team if you need to. It's just giving me nothing. <laughs> well, that, no, that's the issue, though, isn't it? Sometimes it's gone down. Because as I say, the, the problem with signing um, Smith from Leighton Orient was he was playing left wing, cutting in on his right foot, 
and bending it into the top corner. Uh, we're playing him right wing, completely the opposite right flank. Back. He's not all right <laughs> back. back. He, he's not he's not yeah. left footed, so he can't cut in. So we've completely changed his game when that's from what he was doing so well at Leighton Orient. Sums us up. Yeah. Then again, oh, just on the left here and he won't do it. That's that's the problem, isn't it? You know, you can do it in league. I could do it in, you know, the national league in South. I might be able to do it. I come to the championship, wouldn't touch the ball. So I, I don't think I. I think signing it's... an attacker that starts every week that was in League Two last season kind of explains why we're struggling. But that's all we can afford. So you know, I, just, it's. I, it's oh, you know, Junior Hoylet's a free agent. I'd love. I'd sign him just to see the fans' reaction. To be honest, <laughs> that's where it's got to. You know, you know the Armstrong debate. Um, Brad, who's normally on the pod, he, he's he. Um, he off. He says he's not good enough, basically, and he's probably right. But what, what the point being is that we let him down. We should have loaned him out early on, and and get you know, like we we've said on the pod a few times, you know, League One, League Two. Let him tear up some defenders down there. Get a few goals in him. Get you know, get some, get a sense of how he want, how he sh- how he should be playing, right? Because at the moment, managers are trying to mould him a little bit. And he's trying to mould into what he thinks. But if, but like you say, he can't. He hasn't got that long. He hasn't had long enough on the pips to be able to do that. So he's being told this, told that. And he kind of looks a bit frustrated. He looks like he's not really got a clue what he's doing. He's just sort of doing what he's... Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just... I think I should do that. I think I should do that. Maybe I should stop running so much. Maybe I should stop flying into goalkeepers and, def- and defenders like he was doing. Um, so I think we've let him down. Clark Salter, like, we... He's he was always going to get injured, right? This, you know, we played him every week because he's got no one else. He was, all, he was always going to happen. It was just when. Right, it's because we've got no one else to play in there. It's just frustrating, isn't it? Um, so, so we look forward to Bournemouth then on on, on uh, in the FA Cup. I have no idea what team. We already know that Willie and Chair are not playing, right? We already know that a few, uh, you know, Clark Salt is not going to play. Him. You know, there's going to be a few players that Adam's not going to play. Head of Powell, by the way, as well. I don't know if it, just quickly, I don't know anyone else's view on him. Obviously, he's he's probably one of the better players we've got. And I'm really worried about him being moulded into this. Oh, like you know, like we do to players when we did like Dickie, like Dieng, like players that they just turn terrible, right? And then we end up selling them to someone in the championship for one, two, three million or whatever, and he just ends up being great left back which should have been with us. Does anyone else feel like that? Like sometimes I watch him and think you're you're amazing, look great left back. Sometimes I look at him and go, "You've bottled that tackle. You've not you've not run back like you would like you you know you did yes last the last game or a few weeks ago." Like I don't know, I can sort of see it moulded in him. Well, I don't, so I don't think he should be taking our set pieces anymore. <laughs> uh, so I'd pro- I'd probably start with that. One yeah. thing that Dazelle can who does one, then who one thing does Dazelle can do is whip in a decent. Ball and like has put in some dangerous corners. So I'm not sure, other than the fact that maybe we forget he's out there, that I, I would probably let Dazelle have because Paul's Paul's set pieces have been driving me to to distraction. Um, <laughs> Bournemouth, I I think I'm playing against Bournemouth. I, <laughs> like gets me and Jude down the right, give it a dig. Certain certainly I'm quicker than Albert Adoma, so like see see how that goes. I think. I fear for Saturday. I think it will be the scratchiest 
team you've ever seen. And I think Bournemouth have sold their whole end, haven't they? So there's probably be twice as many Bournemouth as there are us. So yeah, I'm I'm fearful for Bournemouth. I'm already looking looking ahead. What I think is it Watford, Watford, Millwall, Huddersfield straight after that at home. Yeah, yeah, that's, a couple of Sunday season. games, haven't we? That's your season there. That's your season right there. You've got you got to win two of those, I think. Um, so yeah, usually I'm the one that bangs the drum and says like you know cups and you know stop ditching out of the cups and whatever, mate. Let's be honest, the team we've got isn't good enough to beat Bournemouth under 21. So like, I very much doubt even if you put a strong team out, they're going to beat Bournemouth. So I'm very much focused on the three league games coming up straight after. And Norwich at home a little bit after that, because I don't think they're very good. You know, Cardiff was a massive missed opportunity. We've got, we got to win two two or three of those four home games, I think. Um, so yeah, Bournemouth can, can do one as Gareth would say. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that because for my notes, I put play the youth and throw the game. Just, <laughs> do you know what we're gonna? Do you know what we're gonna end up doing, Duncan? Like, because <laughs> they they've got a Spanish manager as well, haven't they? And like, whatever is it? Continental managers just ain't having the FA Cup. They hate it. Yeah. So it'll be two teams trying not to win a game. Yeah. And we'll all end up at Dean Court a week on Tuesday. Is there re- <laughs> as a replay? <laughs> oh, that's what's gonna happen. That's what we don't want. I think it's, so we'll, I we'll probably want, end up with yeah. another game at Dean Court yeah. week on Tuesday, the last year of FA Cup third round. But what I don't want well, is us to play anyone or house. risk anyone. <laughs> it's literally opposite my house, so um, yeah, it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. But I just don't want us to risk anyone against Bournemouth who's nursing any kind of niggle, who's like struggling for any kind of fitness. We just, I can just see us someone coming on for the last half an hour just to get a few, few minutes. And just completely doing themselves over again. You can see Jake Clarkson mm-hmm. coming on for the last half an hour, and then completely pulling up and ending his season. I just want us to play the worst possible team we can put out, take a ten nil defeat, and just focus on the league. Do you think these injuries are genuine? Like to anybody else on this call? Do you think these when they put their hand up and they say I'm done now? How, do you think they are? Do you think they're genuine? Because I don't. No. But, I, what? what, what? I think it's been going on for the last 18 months. I was at Hull last year when they were all putting their hand up and walking off. We're meant yeah. to have this miracle cycle doctor came in in the summer to solve all of oh. this. And we're back and we're back to once again players putting their hand up and walking off just when it gets really difficult. I'm I'm to be convinced that some of these injuries are genuine, to be perfectly honest. And you keep oh, hearing God. them say it's a calf strain, he's back in training outside chance for this week and then five weeks later he's still not back I, I think it I think it stinks well it, it's frustrating what's, what's amazed me is that we've had it a few times where well especially Willock has decided in the warm-up that he's not fit enough to play yeah. or at half time there was too much time so it's, it's too much for me to come on like I've, it's an extra five ten minutes oh, that's gonna be that's happened three times time. three times in the last however many games we've what's had that, about? A sub- that to me is Sif Winters saying there's nothing wrong with you like you're on the bench and they go out and warm yeah. up and they walk and the, Tyler Roberts did it last year to Ainsworth in the Coventry game hadn't played since January Ainsworth said you are on the bench against Coventry and then he tried to bring him on at half time and he reckoned he got injured in the half time warm up now anybody that has seen QPR's half time warm ups knows that is not the thing that is causing anybody any kind of injuries that thing so I, I'm very suspicious of it to be perfectly honest, but that it possibly I just don't trust or like any of these players to come all the way back to the start of the conversation. Who do you actually yeah. like? None of them. 
Uh, I think you mentioned that. Because like for my any other business, I was going to mention what actually has Ben Williams done since he joined in July. Like coming in is the what his role of overseeing performance, <laughs> the club sports science, medical, physio, and nutritional developments, and all that departments. What's he actually done? We've had just as many injuries this year as any other year. Is that? That was a Gareth Ainsworth thing, wasn't it? That he wanted to bring him in, I think. Yeah. I don't, again, he, 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 he was... That's why again, I asked how many of these injuries are general. He, he's took up another player, hasn't he? Another player wage or something? I remember, like, is he on quite a bit of money? Or, I don't know. I could be... Um, I'm sure when we met Gareth, he said something like that. I don't know. As in, like, he's on a fair yeah. bit. And he's he's on a fair bit of money know, because he's going to get all our I've players playing week player in, week out. We don't need another player because yeah. he's going to get all our players fully fit. He said that. He definitely said that, didn't he? He <laughs> yeah. said, I'll take another player. The, glo the glory yeah. days of the summer. Oh, okay. yeah. I remember sitting in that meeting looking at your faces. Oh, <laughs> it was, oh, we, 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 oh, I can't believe it. Ollie, mate, sorry, bud. Um, you, the the um, Bournemouth, is there anyone you want to see? I know you're quite close to what's going on in the youth and the under-23. Is there any players in, that you'd like to see get a game? All of them. Genuinely. <laughs> Honestly, oh just stick them all out there. But, you know, there's, there's a couple, like, I'd like to see a bit more of, like, uh, Balor and 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 Cog. But, honestly, just stick the whole youth squad, stick stick the development squad out and, and, and start them all. And uh, it ain't going to make a difference, but we might find a diamond in the rough. And, you know, I just want to see something... You know, there's a young, I can't remember his name. There's a young lad that scores score all the time for the development squad. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but get him up front because we ain't got anything to lose. We, we go at yeah, the FA like Cup every right. year. Yeah. All right, lads. Right, well, I think we've covered everything, really, haven't we? There, really, a lot of what's been going on. Um, I think... the. I just remembered that the Huddersfield and, and Watford games are on a Sunday and on the Sky. So that doesn't help, does it? It doesn't bode well already before we've even yes. started. Um, <laughs> is it one is it one like a twelve o'clock kickoff as well? Yeah. Yeah. Sunday oh, that, Watford, oh, yeah. Who's gonna want what, how many of our players are gonna want to get up at like six, five o'clock <laughs> on a Sunday for an early training session before the game? I've oh, persuaded that, the I've persuaded the Crown and Scepter to open at nine AM for so, and in a good three hours before this. <laughs> at least uh, alright lads cool thank you for coming on thank you for everyone listening and um, yeah we'll be back next week um, prepping for that Watford Watford game so uh, yeah mm -hmm. cheers everyone you are you are you are TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.